Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrov, here with my two brothers, the only two twins that put the OZs in Ozark, Michael and Jason Petropoulos. OZ. Guys are taking Michael and... Michael and, <laughs> Michael and Jason are bringing ounces of fantasy knowledge to you. Ounces after ounce. <laughs> gallons. Uh, gallons. Uh, tanks of fantasy knowledge. Um, we are getting into it. Week 15 um, is upon us. It is time. Semi-final matchup time. If you already don't know, um, don't have a championship week in week 17. If you are... Uh, we'll still be here for you, but eh, don't do it. Change that now. Bring it up now. But we are in semifinal week. It is time. Really nothing else to say except let's do this. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. The OZs in Ozark came completely out of nowhere probably to you guys, but that's because we were just talking about Ozark um, I, I, right before we came on here. The twins are in the middle of season three. I just I finished season three like... A week before it came, week after it came out, um, so they are uh, they're in for some uh, for some twists and turns, Ozark Ozark style. If you never watched Ozark, show. I, I, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, another thing I would definitely recommend is if you win your championship, do not forget to go to PartyBelts.com. On PartyBelts.com, you can get the best, the greatest, the number one man, uh, the number one in our opinion at least belt that you can show off as a champion. It is completely customizable. It is one size fits all, and it is not giant and bulky, and it will not break the bank. It is a great value. And if you go there now, partybelts.com, and order anything you'd like from there, you can get 15% off with the promo code B-R-O-T-O. That is B-R-O-T-O, the promo code. Don't forget to hit that. And Michael, why don't you tell people about Thrive Fantasy? Yes, you got Two more weeks left of three weeks left of the regular season, actually. So time is dwindling down to go make some money on Thrive Fantasy. Download the Thrive Fantasy app or thrivefantasy.com. Um, deposit your first deposit, uh, code BROTO20, B-R-O-T-O-2-0, and you'll get a deposit match from $20 to $50. So any increment between those two numbers, you will get it matched to play in their games, and it is prop dfs rather than salaried um lineup configurations and such where you just choose over and under yards touchdowns things of that sort and the more you get right the more points you accumulate and if you accumulate the most points you win some cash money and uh it's a lot of fun we've all had some success doing it thus far so give it a shot yeah and also they are going to continue through the playoffs too so if you're itching fantasy they, they've got it. Every single week, they're going to play something. There's no rule against it. So, um, Michael said, time is dwindling. Yes, in your redraft leagues. Yes, in all your other leagues. But not in Thrive. So, go check that out. Also, don't forget, we have a live uh, stream on Twitter on Sunday morning at 11.30 Eastern to 12.30 Eastern. We're answering your questions live. Uh, we're talking to you guys. We're just... We're just we're just moving through it. You know what I'm saying? Last week, we got to, I think, every question. 
Thank you so much for everyone who joined us. It was very, it was a very, very good time. Very fun. Um, you can even ask us DFS advice if your team isn't uh, in the playoffs itself. If it is, come through and ask us for some advice. BrotoFantasy.com and Twitter.com uh, slash BrotoFantasy. Is that how you say it? At BrotoFantasy on Twitter. That's how you say it. Boom. We just plugged the plugs. Pluggy. Jason, I haven't even heard you talk yet. What's good, man? Yeah, I could have done the Twitter live promo or something, man. I'm over here just honestly. Just I, I didn't even think about the Twitter live promo until I said it. So, ha! Um, Jason could do a promotion for special guest starring roles on uh, dramatic TV shows. Uh, spe- <laughs> speaking of that, yesterday uh, we had a podcast that came out in the morning, and things have changed since then. So, just to give you a little update, uh, Chargers and Raiders tonight. We're actually going to pull after this. We are going to upload this episode straight, and then we're going to record the episode uh, instead of or instead of uploading a double episode. So you're basically going to get this live today. And as of right now, um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, what is going on with them? Because there is huge implications. First of all, Mike Williams look like he, looks like he's definitely not going to play. Keenan Allen, a game-time decision. You have to even question whether to start Herbert, especially if Keenan Allen doesn't play. How are you guys feeling about these guys with the news? This is a game-time decision, too, for Keenan Allen, so it's uh, it's tough. Make sure he's in your wide receiver slot and not your um, not your flex if he's starting right now. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I am okay moving Herbert out of your lineup. I moved him back to 13 in my rankings. I might move him a little lower. I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I know Vegas is a great matchup, but this is a rookie quarterback on a short week coming off of three down weeks without – his best weapons. Cause even if Keenan Allen plays, he might be limited. So I'm a little bit weary of Justin Herbert in a semifinal matchup, especially when you have options like Baker Mayfield and Jalen hurts and Taysom Hill potentially on the waiver wire. Four starters out for, for Oakland. I mean, for um, Las Vegas. Damn. I almost want a whole season without saying, oh, hey, you, did you did it. I'm actually, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm on the, I have, I still have Herbert as a low end QB one. Cause look, this same team, Gave up 380 passing yards to Cam Newton, Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird. Like, this secondary is an absolute joke. Sam Darnold torched them. Like you said, they're missing some defensive starters. Even without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Austin Eckler super involved in the passing game now. Maybe the ceiling still isn't quite as high, but I'd be shocked if Justin Herbert still doesn't give you at least a decent fantasy performance in this in this matchup. Interesting, Michael. So you're not, you're not tilting off off of him at this point uh it depends on the options like i did move him down from like seven to nine so i do i did i do think this hurts him a little bit i mean it's no mike williams and possibly no keenan allen that's the big one keenan allen's a big one so he's that's we got to wait and see if he's going to play or if he's going to be limited but i'm still okay with rolling with herbert although i do see the concern so i understand if you want to uh, pivot to someone like Baker, Hurts, Hill, like Jason said. But I wouldn't do it for someone like Trubisky. Even Rivers. Rivers is a super safe option. You don't have the upside. So if you'd rather play the safe option there, Philip Rivers makes sense as well. Yo, if I could give you one piece of advice that you can just live by, don't play Philip Rivers in your in your semifinals. There's other options out there. Unless you're in a unless you're in a two quarterback been, league, like yo, I, I don't care. I don't care. He's been super consistent, dude. What's wrong with like nineteen fantasy what? points? The, what's wrong with it is, is it's not gonna win you a championship. That's what's wrong with it. You can go. You can do better than that. Baker Mayfield. Ride the Mitch train, baby. Ride the Mitch train. Ba- Mitch, oh, Mitch right. Trubisky and Rivers, Baker Mayfield. That's their floor. 
Guys, I guarantee you Rivers outscores Mitch Trubisky. We're making that bet. Oh, oh bet 100%. Michael, you're trying to lose. Well, let's make yes. it a double bet since you're guaranteeing it. Like times versus two? Yeah. Versus me and so versus we, Jason. That's like how confident No, Jason's saying it's like worth double. So it's like you guys each get two wins or I get four wins. Yeah. Oh, no. No, that's too much if it's both of us. What if we do Baker too? Yeah. You can't get four wins on one. What bet. if we do Baker like, too? I, right, I prefer I like Baker. Baker. I like Baker. All right, I'm definitely playing Rivers over Trubisky. I'm just going to make it a regular bet. It's a terrible bet for you, Michael. It's a dumb bet. Oh, you guys are both. It's a horrible bet. All right, so we're, we've completely lost. Oh, we're off the rails already. It's not, it hasn't even <laughs> yeah. been like two minutes. Um, but, yeah, so those are the updates. I mean, Keenan Allen, you got to play him. If he plays, I feel like even if the even if it's a chance that there's a limited role, do you really want to be the guy who sat Keenan Allen and that's why he lost? I, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, probably not, unless your replacement is like Brandon Ayuk. Right, right. Ayuk? Yeah, I moved him. I moved Keenan Allen down to uh, high-end wide receiver three status here because you don't want to... I'm I'm scared if they're saying he might play limited snaps. Like, that's OD scary for a fantasy playoff game. Um, so there is some concern here. I understand the it's Keenan Allen, play him if he's active, like what we did with Aaron Jones. Uh, last time it was Aaron Jones. I'm fine with that. But it certainly is scary and something I'm going to keep an eye on as the game approaches. But yeah, if you start him and he, with if if he's active tonight and you start him, like I'm not going to blame you. It's Keenan Allen. <sighs> Big decisions to be made right off the bat. Thursday, they can't let you just have at least Thursday. If you're in this, nope. if you're in this spot, you got to earn it. Um, Saturday games this this week. Uh, let's start with the first one: the Bills, the Broncos. Uh, Broncos have been good against the pass this year. Uh, QB rating under 90. That's in the top 10. Seventh in sacks, including four sacks last week. 220 yards per game passing, also in the top 10. But on the flip side, six QB rushing TDs is tied for the most allowed, and they have the fifth most rushing yards given up to QBs. This looks like a pretty good matchup for Josh Allen. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, um, Jason's muted, and he has no idea. <laughs> that has to happen for a while. Gotta love it. I, I just look at him, and he's like, I just see his, like, his nostrils flaring and shit. <laughs> uh josh allen here gets a matchup against the denver broncos uh likely without bryce callahan still which is a nice plus for the passing game he hit that little bit of a rough patch halfway through the season a three-game stretch where a four-game stretch actually where he was outside the top 15 uh quarterbacks each week since then he's been back to being josh allen uh, generally, even in difficult matchups against San Fran and Pitt back-to-back weeks, he had good performances. And this is a an easier matchup here against the Denver Broncos. Denver's defense has been very up and down this year. So I do think there's a little bit more uh, bust potential here for Josh Allen in case Denver decides to show up this time around because they're one of the most ridiculously up and down defensive teams I've seen in a while. But at this point, if you have Josh Allen, you're starting him, period. Would you start him over Kyler Murray? I have them back to back. <laughs> what about you, Jason? Oh. A- asking for uh, for uh, the sisters, cousins, mothers, daughters, dogs, uh, secretary. How do you have both? Huh? You have both on your team. I'd start Josh Allen because what I like you about... can easily have both of these guys on your team easily, especially in a, in a yeah. league that's like uh, separated from trading. Like, what you know, I like about this game, out. guys, is that John Brown is out again. On the Monday pod, or was it the Wednesday pod? I, I yelled to the masses, please, John Brown, don't return. And he's not. So the status quo is remaining the same 
for the Bills, and that means Stephon Diggs is going to be a stud. That means Cole B's knees is going to be a very good option. Even last week in a disappointing game against the Steelers, he went 5 for 41. He still had 10 targets. And Josh Allen is decent in true target, true throw value this season. So typically those 10 targets are going to equate to a little bit more than the uh, six, seven fantasy points that Beasley saw on them last week. And then, of course, Gabriel Davis remains an option on the outside, more of a flex play because he has big play potential. But he's also a touchdown magnet. Uh, last week, again, only three for 19, but a touchdown on eight targets. So Allen threw a lot last week, but was less efficient than usual. I think that all three of these guys remain in starting conversations uh, as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, three, and flex play. Yeah, so especially with Bryce Callahan out as well, he's not returning this week, uh, the best cornerback on the Broncos. I'm... I'm feeling the Bills pass catchers again. I don't think you should fade them at all. I'm the same way. I I I'm, I I don't see any reason to, especially because I can't trust the Bills running back to produce. Um, yeah, I don't want to start either True. of them. No way in the semifinal matchup am I starting Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, who even when they get the majority of the carries, end up with like seven fantasy points tops. Yeah, they, you could tell me right now Zach Moss is going to score a touchdown this week. I still wouldn't start him because <laughs> I, I don't say, trust his, that he's going to do anything besides that. His their ceilings are ten, unless unless they score two touchdowns, which they haven't all season. Their ceiling is ten points. Um, let's go over yeah. to uh, well, unless you want to talk about Dawson Knox. Any any interest in Dawson Knox? No, nah, uh, no. doesn't get enough work. Yeah, definitely no. Um, let's go to the Broncos side though, because the Broncos had themselves a day last week, and it was KJ Hamler who went off for a big couple plays. He's a desperation play for me. I would not go chasing the points. How are you guys feeling about that? Yeah, yeah. Drew Locke, man. Uh, interesting player. He has three games this season, top seven, every other game outside of the top 20. He's either on or he's off. Yeah. There's no in between. And I'm going to take my chances on him being off against Buffalo. They're a good defense. The games he's played yeah. well this season... They're a decent defense, man. They were better Don't last like year. They were better last year, but they're not an awful defense. They're not year. awful. They just they seem worse than they are because they've fallen off so hard from last year. But they're middle of the road. They're nothing. They're a good enough defense to give Drew Locke issues. Okay. Right. He's he's went off against Atlanta, the Chargers, and Carolina. Buffalo has a better defense than those teams. That's true. So I don't really want to trust Drew Locke or many of his pass catchers outside of Tim Patrick. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that either. Tim Patrick is Tim wide receiver three Patrick at this point. Like he doesn't have the huge ceiling, but he has about as high as floor as anyone in the league for whatever reason. The dude just continues to either put up big yards or find the end zone, and that's just how it's been for um, for Tim Patrick. But I agree on literally every single other other. Everything else that Jason said, too, regarding the wide receivers. If you want to put Tim Patrick in your wide receiver three spot, it makes sense. Don't trust anyone else. Including Noah Fant. Including Noah Fant. The fact that he keeps being ranked as a tight end one is mind-boggling to me. He's like new girls, man. Not mean girls. We're trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> Noah Fant is not a thing. Stop trying to make Noah Fant a thing. Wait till maybe next year, guys. guys he was a thing for year. a little while. I think it's, it's hard to... When you see a, a tight end have any type of success... Like you have to, I guess week one and two, on man. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I mean, last week was a donut, but again, he did 
leave the game. I think that's important to know. Um, anyone else? Oh, obviously Melvin Gordon. How could I forget Melvin Gordon? He's been playing well. Uh, he's he's picked up his production ever since that whole DUI thing happened. Sometimes I don't want to I don't want to speculate on on things like this, but you know maybe a reality check for Melvin Gordon. He's been running harder the last five weeks. Um, he, that did get pushed back, so he will he will not have to worry about that. Um, how are you guys feeling about Melvin Gordon this week? No, no. I didn't like Melvin. No, Bro, I didn't. Tim, we're we're opposed to Michael again on Melvin Gordon. What do you mean? I didn't like Melvin Gordon last week. He was running back twenty one. He was still an RB two. Yeah. So what do you mean? Yeah, no. Congratulations, running back twenty one. The dude put up sixty eight yards, three catches, twenty three yards. Congrats. That's I mean, like he's his, not Dalvin Cook, dude. Yeah, that's like, like twelve max points production at this point. And guess what? Philip Lindsay played one more snap than Melvin Gordon did last week. Now that's something to bring up. I'm not going to, at this point, Philip Lindsay's playing worse, which is odd because he's been the better running back in his career. But the Buffalo Bills have allowed more rushing touchdowns than games they've played this season. And look, I say, I say no, as I did last week. I still have him as my running back 23. I just think his ceiling. I have a 22. The fuck you saying? Yeah, no, like no, that? no is misleading. <laughs> misleading, Michael. Your your whole situation right now was very misleading for what you fell on. You're like, oh, but he's RB two. What? What? <laughs> very low end RB two flex play. I if I could go somewhere else, just because I have him ranked there, doesn't necessarily mean I like him this week. It's just that I think he has a decent shot ending in that scoring range, but. I'm not excited about it at all. At this point, this is who Melvin Gordon is. He has, like, no ceiling. So, yeah, I'm not super excited about Melvin Gordon by well, any means. So Jason, and I'm not starting Philip Lindsay. I think Melvin Gordon is a pretty good play. Um, I think he's a good – I think he's a mid to low RB2. And right now, like, you got to remember, we're not talking about – like, we. there's less people. There's – like, if you have, R, if you have Melvin Gordon – you could possibly have one of the top five running backs remaining in the playoffs. There's a good chance of that, especially Melvin if, there's Gordon. Only, if there's only four games left. So Melvin Gordon having a good game might be important to some people, and I think he has a chance to. He's averaged 4.6 yards per attempt this season, and Buffalo has allowed 4.6 yards per attempt this season on the ground. It's serendipity. Looks like a 4.6 connection, and no one's complaining about 4.6 yards per attempt. I think he's a not a bad RB2 flex play. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Panthers at the Packers is the next next game on the Dakot. Um, Drew Locke just torched the Packers. Speaking of the Panthers, excuse me. Speaking of Drew Locke, and A Rod is coming. By the way, this is a very Ooh. very cold game. We're looking at temperatures, frozen tundra temperatures at Green Bay in December. This is going to be a cold game. Give me all of the Packers. I want all of the Packers. I especially want Aaron Rodgers, who is going to is you could tell he's just a possessed man going for MVP. He wants the MVP. He wants it. And you guys thinking that that has nothing to do with them drafting a quarterback in the first round is fucking insane. Of it doesn't course, have to do with him eating meat again. Oh my god, it has a lot. To and old. passing a lot more. Oh my god, you guys and are the worst. Just say you're here. wrong. To say you're wrong, to say it. Um, A Rod, Adams, Tanya, Jones, check, 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 check. How are you feeling about the other weapons? Dude, I, I just want to 
give a brief note on those guys before Michael gets the other weapons. Devontae Adams has eight straight games with a touchdown. Oh my god, that guy's a the guy's insane. That guy is and idiot, whoa. Man. Potentially, I'm I'm betting on this frozen tundra and game against Carolina to rejuvenate Aaron Jones. Because besides week 13, where he was underwhelming before that 70-yard touchdown rush, he hasn't passed 16 half PPR points since week four. He only has three games over that number all season. Aaron Jones has been on the low because no one's been talking about it. Very disappointing this season. It's because he's been floating around the back-end RB2 range into the points he puts up. But he's been pretty disappointing. So I'm banking on this Tundra and awful Carolina defense to reignite Aaron Jones a little bit because I'm not going to fade him despite the fact that he's been kind of bad on the low. Yeah, he's yeah. he hasn't been the guy that you drafted in when you drafted him. But, you know, he's been he's been decent. I think that that's why that's why people haven't talked about it, Michael. Yeah, um I'm I do it's it's certainly concerning the fact that like Jason said, outside of that 70-yard touchdown run, he hasn't been like the Aaron Jones that we saw through the first 4 weeks, first 5 weeks of the season really, and then he got hurt and maybe that has something to do with it, but He's still one of the highest floor running backs in the league. So you're playing him no matter what if you have Aaron Jones. And I agree with Jason that against Carolina, it is a very good matchup for him to finally uh, have a huge game because he has been playing more than Jamal Williams over these last couple of weeks compared to the split that they were um, splitting prior to that uh, for like three or four weeks where it was almost straight down the middle between him and Jamal Williams. I also but- want to say... I don't hate MVS this week. He's been super up and down. It's very scary to trust him in the playoffs. He can have a super dud, but he could also go off. Carolina is a good matchup. According to DVOA, uh, they've been awful, absolutely awful against deep passes on the right side. And I know I'm getting very specific here, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a deep pass catcher who often runs his routes on the right side. So there's a chance that he is able to connect with Aaron Rodgers in this game. You only need them to connect once. I mean, there's probably better options out there, but he is in flex play territory, and I don't hate it if you don't have better options. He's certainly a better play than Alan Lazard, in my opinion. I agree. Um, I'm not starting Alan Lazard this week. I was very weary of him last week, and he just made those concerns even more evident uh going into this week because he's just he's not doing much in that offense and at least mvs when he gets the targets like jason said it's downfield we i cannot remember anyone as up and down as mvs like we're talking about a guy who has four finishes this year as a top 15 wide receiver and we don't talk about him like as a must-start guy because he also has four finishes outside the top 90 receivers like it's a little absurd just how up and down this dude is, but I don't know if I I, I don't know if I'm going to trust him. I do think he's an interesting flex play for a team. Maybe if you're projected to lose by like 30 points and you really need the upside, because as we saw against Philly, the dude ended with zero points, and then against Detroit, he goes six for 85 and a touchdown. So it's very interesting uh, the way MVS's season has been going against Carolina. Like Jason said, though, the deep play does make sense. So. You could do worse in the flex, but it is going to be a, a Hail Mary flex play. 
Uh, if you're going to take a Hail Mary, I believe there are worse Hail Marys to take, especially because A-Rod is literally the king of Hail Marys. Um, did you guys talk about Robert Tanyan yet? Um, going to that, yeah, I think you're I think he needs, you need, you, 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 there's not much to be said besides your, if you have Tanyan on, on your team, you're probably not, you probably aren't in position to start anyone else. And the only way you'd start anyone else is if it's, the big guys, the big guns. Yeah, he's on a four-game touchdown streak. He's up to nine touchdowns on the season. As crazy as that sounds, that's he's he's seeing at least five targets every game. The dude catches every pass Aaron Rodgers throws his way. He has fifty-two targets on the season and forty-six receptions. So it's like every time the ball's thrown his way, he's open. That's the and that's just the way that offense is rolling. They got to pay so much attention to Devontae Adams. So yeah. Absolutely start Robert Tunyon. The only other person to really talk about is Jamal Williams, who has fallen behind a little bit in the snap share. It's a good matchup against Carolina, but not someone I'm going to want to trust this week. Um, all right, so let's go over to the other side. Um, the way to beat the Packers this year has been on the ground, and you would have been really excited if you had <laughs> if you had Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey played three games this year, and all three games were amazing. But he has not given you anything else. Um, but Mike True. Davis is a great start here against the Packers, who have been slashed and dashed and crashed on the ground. I I love Mike Davis in this spot. Maybe That's Mike, a- maybe Mike Davis uh, needed a little bit of a a break too. I guess with the with that bye week because he was playing a lot worse and was for whatever reason sharing snaps a lot more with Rodney Smith over the last several weeks. But then that Denver game really got him back to being. Mike Davis. I mean, the dude caught five passes again. Uh, he hasn't done that since week nine prior to that, and his role in the passing game was diminishing. He saw six targets, which is the most he's seen since week five. He also got double-digit carries again, ran for almost five yards per carry. Uh, he scored two touchdowns, uh, both in the red zone, so it's not like he was getting vultured there either. Against Green Bay, like Tim said, it was a very, very friendly um, defense for pass rushers this year. I'm firing up Mike Davis as a low-end RB1 here. Um, Jason, interesting news came in just a couple moments before we got on. DJ Moore is expected to play. Um, interesting because we don't know how much he's going to play. Um, we don't know. He's off the COVID list. He's eligible to return. Matt Rule says he's going to return. I loved Curtis Samuel in this game. Now I'm backing off a little bit. Um, whoever gets Jair Alexander is going to be kind of in a shitty situation but the other guys do have room to roam so i think man so what where do you what are you looking here this really threw a wrench in what i thought about this backfield i know i love curtis samuel this week same he's my favorite receiver for the panthers he's been a top 24 wide receiver for five of the last seven games he, all he does is produce and people just overlook him He's the best option on the Panthers right now. And on the outside, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are going to end up seeing Jair Alexander. Robbie Anderson has become the new Cole Beasley in that his floor is 6 and his ceiling is 10. So you can fuck out of here with Robbie Anderson. (laughs) I don't understand how he continues to be ranked as the 20th wide receiver. The guy is ugly, and I don't want to start him. Yeah, that's not nice. You don't need to to take personal shots. Come on, Jason. (laughs) Guys are mad and nerdy. <laughs> DJ Moore, 
On the other hand, I prefer him. My order is Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I don't. I'm actually on the same. I I, I love DJ me some more. Missing for COVID is like a big thing. I think he'll yeah. be back. And I love me some Curtis Samuel, yo, because like you said, yo, he has three top ten finishes since week nine. Top ten. That's more than Metcalf, AJ Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson. That's basically Devontae Adams type shit. Three top ten finishes in six weeks. And Curtis Samuel just continues to get disrespected. I agree with Jason in that he's the clear option here, especially going against Green Bay when Robbie Anderson lines up on the outside. And he's the one who's probably going to see the most of Jair Alexander. So I'm all aboard the Curtis Samuel train because Curtis Samuel is also good for a couple of rushes per game and rushes in the red zone. We've seen him score a red zone rush this year where no one else is going to do that on that team, wide receiver-wise. So I, I agree. I'm all about Curtis Samuel. And if DJ Moore, like he's back from the COVID list, he apparently is healthy and practicing. They already said he's going to play. So I don't see why his role would change from what it was. Like it was, he was very up and down, but his ups were very up. Like he also has multiple uh, wide receiver one finishes this year. So I'm firing him up as well. Like his expert consensus ranking right now of wide receiver 36 doesn't really make any sense to me. Like he, this guy was seeing almost 10 targets per game prior to the injury. I mean, not the the uh, the COVID list. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Definitely not Ian Thomas. Nope, for sure not. All right, so let's move on to the next one. It is the Colts and the Texans. The big news in this game, I think, is clearly T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton has been on fire. Three straight games, good games for him. Two straight monster games for him. Two games ago, he did it against Houston. He has owned Houston in his career, and now he gets Houston again. Is this another great game for T.Y. Hilton? To Jiminy, a cricket Hilton is back, baby. He has earned that nickname once more. Three straight top 14 finishes, including wide receiver six and wide receiver three back-to-back weeks, over 20 fantasy points back-to-back weeks. I don't know where this resurgence came from, Maybe he finally got fully healthy or something, or he just needed time to acclimate with Phillip Rivers. But at this point, three games in a row, I'm trusting T.Y. Hilton, especially against Houston, who he just torched and has absolutely dominated his entire career. Like He loves playing against the Houston Texans. I have him as my wide receiver 16 this week. And man, if someone told me I'd have T.Y. Hilton, if someone told me they would have T.Y. Hilton ranked as their 16th receiver crazy in week 15, in like week 10, I would have been like, yo, you suck at fantasy. But that's where we're at now because T.Y. Hilton has absolutely completely turned the season around over the last three weeks. And you can't you can't ignore it. I agree. The Texans defense has been awful against wide receivers. Even when Bradley Roby was on the team, now he's suspended. The two cornerbacks left are Vernon Hargreaves and Keon Crossan, oh who have allowed 56 of 80 passes to be caught against them. Um, for four touchdowns this season. They've been very bad. And this is the reason why I like T.Y. Hilton this week and why I think Michael Pittman, although he's disappointed a bit recently, should still be in your flex considerations because he's still seeing a decent amount of targets per game. And Houston is a very good matchup. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's hard to sit T.Y. Hilton after all that. Um, But with that being said, this Houston, I mean, this Indianapolis offense has kind of been T.Y. Hilton and then it's been the running backs and then it hasn't really been anyone else like the tight ends yeah 
every once in a while sprinkle in. So is there any other pass catcher that you can that you could trust, including the tight ends in this game? Uh, Naheem Hines, I suppose, if you want to call him a pass catcher. We'll get to we'll get to Hines in a little bit. Let's stay away from the running backs at the moment. Let's let's. I'm talking about like the outside guys. No, uh, I see Michael Pittman ranked inside the top 36 receivers right now, and that's just absolute ludicrous to me. Um, I don't see how you could do that, even in this sort of matchup. Michael Pittman, yeah, he's playing a lot of snaps, but he's also not doing anything with those snaps, unfortunately. And it's not like this is a guy who's a proven commodity in the league. It's He's a rookie who isn't really performing. Like over the last three weeks, he hasn't topped 46 yards. He has nine receptions over this three-week span. This is the same time T.Y. Hilton is absolutely exploding onto the scene. And T.Y. Hilton is a commodity in the league that we know can be very good when healthy. So I'm just, I'm not buying into Michael Pittman this week, even in a good matchup, because I don't see why you would want to risk it. He's had a good matchup each of the last three weeks as well. He, the last time he played Houston, he went five for 46. Like, that's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. Um, so let's go over to the, the running backs then, because you talked wanted to talk about that. Kareem Hines, third most receiving yards. Kareem Hines. <laughs> I said, what did I say? You just said Kareem, Kareem Hines. Naheem Hines. I said Kareem? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, third most receiving yards of any running back in the league. Fourth most receptions of any running back in the league. The Texans. On the flip side, even though they've been okay against the run, have allowed the third most receiving yards to running backs this season. Here's where it gets good, because you never know. They've given up the third most receiving yards this season, despite giving up the 18th most receptions to running backs. So they've been horrible. Three TDs uh, through the air, in touchdown-wise as well. So... Naheem Hines, I think, is a good play here. I think Jonathan Taylor is a is a he's in the middle of a breakout. You don't sit someone who's absolutely on fire like like Jonathan Taylor at the moment. How are you guys feeling about this backfield? Jason, why don't we start yeah. with you? Because Michael just talked and he wants to talk again because he's he's greedy. Even their rushing defense is despicably bad. They're along five yards per carry. Despicable. Overall, overall, only the Raiders have been worse against the running back this season. That includes the Panthers. Um, so I agree that Jonathan Taylor is a smash play and Naheem Hines has flex consideration. Of course, like there shouldn't be a question as to if he does um, in one, two, three, four, four out of the last five weeks. He's been a top 24 running back or better in half PPR. This isn't a coincidence. It's because he's seeing at least 10 touches a game. And a few weeks ago, a long, long time ago, it seems like uh, I mentioned that Naheem Hines this season when seeing just eight or more touches has been excellent and that's become a normal thing even with the taylor breakout because the colts are relying more on their running backs now it's not like they're cannibalizing each other they're both just getting work so i do think that Hines is a decent flex play and taylor is a very good play as well as rb1 yeah i think this is similar to the uh the ravens backfield and that when it was a three-man backfield is very frustrating but now that it's really cleared up as a two-man backfield between taylor and Hines. Uh, they're both decent options. Well, Taylor, I think, is a great RB1 option, but I agree. You, Hines, at this point, is a trustworthy low-end RB2 with touchdown upside as well. I mean, he has three multi-touchdown games this season, so it's not like he can't give you a big performance. Like, Naeem Hines is someone I'd start over Melvin Gordon, for hmm. instance. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but I think that I, I see why you would say that. 
Um, let's go over to the other side. It's not the greatest of matchups, but Deshaun Watson has proven to be matchup proof at this point. So you're playing Deshaun Watson. Let's go to his weapons. Unless you guys feel differently about Deshaun Watson, I'm guessing you don't. I mean, I I have this. It's upsetting that Will Fuller's gone. Deshaun Watson has ended the last two weeks outside the top 12 quarterbacks, but he's also using his legs more. Um, it depends. Like if I have Ryan Tannehill or Taysom Hill on my team, I'd prefer those options, but otherwise I'm definitely still starting Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I'd even consider going Jalen Hurts over him. I would not do that. Hmm. I'm not risking. I'm not risking sitting Deshaun Watson for Jalen Hurts. No, nah, no way. There's Fair no enough. way. There's no way. Um, Y'all just get flames. <laughs> let's go to let's go to the uh his options though. Brandon Cooks back at practice. Expects to play. That's great news for him. Kiki Cutie scored the touchdown last week. Chad Hansen, two straight weeks, five catches or better. Led the team in catches last week. How are you feeling about these wide receivers, and what are your confidence in playing them? Last week, I mentioned that I liked QT less once Brandon Cooks was inactive, and that kind of came to fruition. He salvaged his day with a touchdown, so it wasn't a complete waste. So I do like QT again as a wide receiver three option. I mentioned last week how good he's been um, when he's seen seven or more targets in a game from Watson, and he was good last week just seeing three targets from him. So I do expect him to see a bit more work. I mean, his best game of the year was against Indy two weeks ago when he went eight for 141 on Thanksgiving, I believe that was. Um, was it? Maybe. No. The week after. <laughs> so I expect QT to be a solid wide receiver three again. Brandon Cooks, you want to plug right back into your lineup. And Chad Hansen, I am out on this week for the most part. You can consider him as a flex play. But he wasn't even the lead receiver for the Texans last week. So, like, if I'm picking a third option for Houston with Jordan Aikens as well getting targets, it's it's tough for me to trust Chad, trust Chad Hansen with Brandon Cooks on the field. Yeah, I agree. And it's a difficult matchup against Indy as well. Um, I know Chad Hansen has been good these last couple of weeks. I don't hate the idea of placing him in your flex, but you really got to be struggling with with uh with the wide receiver position to consider that if Brandon Cooks returns, I think, because Hansen is seeing a lot of work. It's just it's gonna be tough for me to trust trust Chad Hansen in the, in my semifinals fantasy matchup as anything more than a flex play. But I agree with you, Jay, that I'd probably look elsewhere. But I mean there's still other options. Like this is a it's been a crazy year, so I mean, hit us up on Twitter, as always, and let us know who your <laughs> options are, and maybe we yeah. will say Chad Hansen. You never I would know. like to note, like, the thing that the thing I would have started this game off with if I was Tim was the fact that Buddy Howell played only three less snaps than Duke Johnson last week. 85% of them came in the fourth quarter. David Johnson is returning now. Maybe the Texans want to see what they have in Buddy fucking Howell before the season ends. No. This is, this is a backfield I want to stay away from entirely. I would play David Johnson. Buddy Howell. No, I have Don't no interest. Johnson. No interest in playing David, Duke, or or Buddy. Unless I'm watching Elf. <laughs> I've watched Elf like five times already. I haven't watched Elf yet, yo. I'm Elf deprived. I'm bugging out. I saw are... I watched Home Alone One last night. Again. For nice. first I watched Home Alone One and Two the other night. Nice. Home Alone One <laughs> But I do want to I do want to say David Johnson though, in actuality, is probably a semi decent flex play. I just I'd look elsewhere. He's like a, a worse Melvin Gordon in my eyes. Um, 
Jordan Akins. Fucker. That fucker. Womp womp. That fucker. Um, Very upsetting. I mean, he's still a great play. My, like, he still, it still makes sense. It, you know what it is? What you assume? You can't. Don't say great. And all right, all right, you're right, you're right. I shouldn't have said great. I apologize. Um, you assume that he was going to get blank. The whatever targets were left, um, from the from the Will Fuller injury, and that they've just gone to Chad Hansen, and Aikens has not done anything more than he was going to do. And all that reports, all he's going to play in this uh, bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, not for nothing, six targets from Deshaun Watson is awesome. And that's what he got last week. But if he just didn't have the sun in his eyes, he would have ended with a touchdown. And then I guarantee you his expert consensus ranking would be way higher than tight end 22. Yeah. So, I mean, I look, I have Jordan Akins at my tight end 16 this week. There are other options that I prefer. But if you have to trust him again, I don't think it's the worst idea. He, the, the dude sees targets from Deshaun Watson. That's... I know Indy is uh, very good against the tight end this year, but again, you can't really look at that because tight ends are so different from team to team, and we've gone over that, uh, what's it called, the schedule that Indy has faced, and good tight ends have actually been able to put up semi-decent performances against them. So I'm not uh, super scared away by Aikens. I just, he's not someone you, you want to trust to begin with, but I don't hate the idea of streaming him if, you, if you're like really struggling at the position still. I agree. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? E- nope. The Lions at the Titans are up next on the docket. Jason, the Lions threw 75% of snaps. Uh, 75% of their snaps were pass plays for the second straight week. Um, they wanted to be more up-tempo, and here they are being more up-tempo again. This is a much better matchup for Jones than it was last week. The, Titan, the Titans are very friendly to air fire. Fifth most points allowed to QBs. Sixth most points allowed to wide receivers. Seven TDs allowed to tight ends, which is the fifth most. How are you feeling about this Lions offense, Jason? Because on paper, everything is set up for the Lions to have success. My fear is that they get a couple three and outs that are sandwiched by a couple of Derrick Henry Long drives, they never get their footing, they never get going, and the tight, the Lions actually have a bad day. But if that doesn't happen, then the Lions are actually set up for a good day. How are you feeling about the Lions? Tim? First of all, I, I expected you to note that Matt Stafford might not play. Because I wanted to say that I think that, call me crazy, for fantasy purposes, I prefer Chase Daniel starting this game. That's I'll insane. tell you why. That's insane. Yeah, if Chase I, uh, Daniel starts it. Let me tell you why. If Chase Daniel starts his game, first of all, he's going to look TJ Hawkinson's way more. The one time Chase Daniel started this season, I said Hawkinson was going to score a touchdown. He did. Chase Daniel throws the ball to Hawkinson more than Matt Stafford does. Second, the Lions are going to rely more on the run game, which means DeAndre Swift is going to perform for you. Those are the two main guys in this Lions offense you want to start, Swift and Hawkinson. And I will argue that both are better plays if Chase Daniel is starting quarterback. And thirdly, Marvin Jones, the only other guy you'd consider starting, has been fool's gold for the last four weeks. He has performed under eight fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. By Matt Stafford being out, that causes you to not play Marvin Jones and to put someone who's going to score more points in your lineup. So I think for those three reasons, the Lions are a better fantasy team with Chase Daniel at quarterback this week. Makes a lot of sense, honestly. I mean, I'm not going to. Matt, Stafford, gonna Matt Stafford is for sure out of the game. <laughs> Last time I checked, he still might play. 
But he is he uh, for sure. They out? said they don't expect him to. He did not practice today. Okay, so I that's mean, if, that's something that needs to be said. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, go ahead, Michael. If the argument is it's better for Swift and Hawkinson, and those are the only two you should only trust, and this helps clarify that. I sure, think, I think that's exactly. I think you really you did a great job of really succinctly uh, summarizing Jason's argument. Yeah, but to say <laughs> but to say it's better is just stupid. I think it's better. Because you're no stupid. Not Marvin Jones anymore. Why is that better? Why is he stupid? He just made sense of it. No, because Matt Stafford operates a better offense. And what has Period. that done to these people? Oh my God, Jay. Jesus, Louise. I wish we could do a. DJ Hawkinson like a... doesn't see more than four targets. DeAndre Swift barely got any rushes last week, and Marvin Jones gets started and sucks it up every week. I wish we could do a bet, <laughs> but we can't. Stafford versus uh versus Daniel this week. Um. I, with that being said, yeah, start Swift and Hawkinson. Don't start anyone else. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go over to the other side. Oh, man. Henry versus the Titans is like listening to music. Um, against the Lions. Against the Lions is what I said. Uh, said Titans. Guys, the Titans ran the ball 62% of the time last week. That was by far the most in the NFL. On the season, just so you know, the person who runs the ball the most, the team that runs the ball the most, Baltimore, they run the ball at a ratio of 53%. So they ran the ball a lot. It's hard to see a situation where Ryan Tannehill is a playable player if they continue to hand the ball to the Rock, the rock to Derrick Henry at this rate. We saw that happen last year at this time. Um I still think or AJ Brown could have a good game, even if Tanny doesn't have a good game. How are you guys feeling about these uh, the pass catchers? Because we don't really have to talk about Derrick Henry. I think we all have in consensus ranked the number one running back this week. Or or yeah, yeah, I I do. I, I think Jason does as well. I assume so, right, Jay? Yeah, I do as yeah. well. So let's go. Uh, let's go to the pass catchers. Well, I want to start with Ryan Tannehill because you were you were expressing concerns about Tannehill. Yeah. Look, I'm still gonna play Ryan Tannehill in this matchup. He had 10. He ended as a top 10 quarterback each of the last three weeks prior to the Jacksonville game. Even the Jacksonville game, it's not like he absolutely killed you. 16 fantasy points isn't great, but it's not terrible. He is a high floor and a high ceiling if they if he uh, throws for touchdowns. Like last week, they had a two-minute drill, and Derrick Henry ran five times for 80 yards and a touchdown, and that was their two-minute drill. Like that is not something you could just expect to happen each week. I know it's concerning uh, that Ryan Tannehill has the ability to have games like that if they run the ball over and over, but he was also sat at the end of the game for uh, for the Titans because they had such a big lead and they brought in their backups. I never predict, oh, this is going to be a blowout. Don't trust the guy. I try, I try to just look at matchups and see which matchups are the best because let's be real, the Titans have also shown at times this year They've had weirdly bad games. And I don't know. I know it's Detroit and I know it's Chase Daniel. But I don't think that I still think Ryan Tannehill is a strong play here. Like I'm playing him as a QB one and I'm not going to be upset about it. I think he's a low end QB one. I think he's a low end QB one, but I'd be I'd be wary. Like I'd I'd, I think I'd rather go Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, the three popular streamers this week over Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I have him just above those guys, actually. I just think that he's been super efficient. Last week, he was top five in true throw value. Even if he gets limited 
target throws, he's going to be efficient. And if he threw one more touchdown last week, no one would be worried about starting him this week. Do you see? But that's, the, I think that's why I like AJ Brown in this matchup, even if I don't like Tannehill, because he's so efficient. I just worry about how much he's going to play because. I mean, they're going to hand the ball to Henry maybe 30 times again. Like, this is what they do at this point of the year. This is just what they the do. Lions, the Lions also give up, like, huge yard per attempt numbers, which fits right into that offense. Like, run the ball, then chunk gains. So it's another reason why I like Tannehill. I think he's going to be able to throw downfield all day to A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. And Corey Davis, right when everyone starts buying into him, he ends up having his, like, second worst game of the season, unfortunately. Um it's upsetting, of course. Uh, obviously, you're starting A.J. Brown. I'm just saying that. He's a high-end wide receiver one every single week because he's an absolute monster. I'm going to roll the dice with Corey Davis again this week. Like Maybe not in a two-wide receiver league, but I'm going to put him in my wide receiver three slot. Like He's had games against teams where you expect the Titans to dominate where he has also had a great game. Like Against Cincinnati, he went eight for 128 and a touchdown. And it's not like Cincinnati is a good team. I'm just I'm not going to look at one game. I think that's a little a little bit of recency bias of a guy who has been ridiculously consistent this year in a against a team that gives up chunk gains to wide receivers. I would argue slightly otherwise. I think that the casualty to um Devontae Derrick Henry going off is Corey Davis getting less looks. Facts. Facts. I, I feel yeah, the same had- way, Jason. He hasn't had more than seven targets since week eight. He's been efficient because Ryan Tannehill is super efficient, and that's what he does. He carries guys. But I just always have a bad feeling in my stomach when I have to trust Corey Davis. Uh, Last week it came to fruition. It's another good matchup. I don't hate him as a wide receiver three, like Michael said, um, just because there's upside there in an easy matchup. But I do it with a little bit of weariness. He did have 12 targets against Cleveland. You said he hasn't had more than seven since week eight. But that was also an interesting game game where Tennessee went down multiple touchdowns. All right. Also, I think there it needs to be said as well. The biggest, uh, the biggest, um, what 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 am I looking for? Victim of Derrick Henry, I think, is Jonah Smith as well. Jonah Smith went from a tight end one earlier in the year to a blocker. Um, Anthony Ferkser started catching the ball more than him. You're not starting. Well, I think that was. More of a Taylor Lewan reasoning, not so much Derrick Henry. But I agree, you can't start. You can't. Am start I him. crazy for not being entirely off the Johnu Smith train? Yes. At this point, how are you going to start done. him? He's been a top three. Nah. He's been a top thirteen tight end three of his nah, last bro. four games. Nah, bro, stop. Stop. His yeah, catches are touchdowns. His catches are touchdowns. If he catches a touchdown, he'll get you seven points. Congratulations. And he's a tight end one. <laughs> oh, I have him a tight end thirteen. He's, I don't hate him. His ceiling's so low. Super low, low floor, though, super low ceiling. Yeah. All right. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No, sir. Let's keep the choo-choo. Troop train rolling on. We're going to go to Chicago. Go to Chicago. Bears and Vikings. Yeah. They're actually playing in Minnesota, Tim. Oh, fuck. Idiot. <laughs> and I said Bears at Vikings too. I didn't even say Bears versus Vikings. I said we're going to Minnesota. Bears at Vikings. You're such um, an idiot. We're going to Chicago. Um, and we're gonna start with the Vikings side. So look, the Chicago defense is a good defense, but they have been more susceptible to um to pass catchers as of recent 
as of recent weeks and quarterbacks. And last week, what looked like a great matchup on paper actually ended up being a horrible matchup on paper. We mentioned that last week, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both busted despite the fact that the previous five weeks, the worst, the most fantasy points given up to wide receivers were from Tampa Bay. So that the whole Vikings offense made no sense last week. So now we're trying to figure out the Vikings offense again because there's players that people are depending on. Adam Thielen is someone who you depend on. Justin Jefferson at this point in the year is someone you depend on. Kirk Cousins, probably not a great streamer at this one. Dalvin Cook is always good. You can't really say anything about him. So let's start about the two guys, the pass catchers. How are you feeling about them? Dude, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that the Vikings are just I don't know, I don't really know how to explain it, but they are just like so unexpectedly good or bad. Like this team seems to play down to their opponents or play up to their opponents. When they play tough defenses, their offense looks better. When they play bad defenses, their offense slacks. It's odd. I don't really know how to explain it. Um with that being said, I'm just going to trust these guys again. Yeah. Like, I know last week was a down week, but against Chicago's defense, they had success last time they played against each other. This was one of the games where Thielen and Jefferson both ended as top 15 options. Kirk Cousins ended with 19 fantasy points, even though Dalvin Cook had 30 rush attempts and four receptions. Dalvin Cook touched the ball 34 times, and we still had two top 15 wide receiver performances and a borderline QB1 performance by Kirk Cousins. They tend to play up to their competition when it comes to that offense. And uh, Kirk Cousins continues to be a very valuable thrower this year. Um, In true throw value, he is fourth in the league behind only Russ, Mahomes, and Rodgers. He had his second worst game of the season in terms of true throw value last week, unfortunately. But last time that happened, he bounced back and had a big game. Uh, Kirk Cousins has shown the ability to let you down in big games in his career. But look, I think against Chicago, it seems like a difficult matchup. I mean, I'm not going to trust Kirk Cousins, but I'm going to trust Thielen and uh, Jefferson. I'm just going to dive right back into it because they've shown that they're ridiculously talented players who have unlimited upside and someone's going to have to score touchdowns on that team. It's not like this game is going to end 7-0. You guys want to hear something real quick about the tight ends of the Vikings on the low iron man. Dude, Kyle Rudolph played 93 games in a row before missing last week. Shout out Damn. to Kyle Rudolph. 93. The fuck? I'm really hoping on that, that I, I'm really hoping that he misses his second game in a row after all that. Because, I was uh, gonna say, yeah. On that note, Irv Smith is interesting. If Rudolph misses the game again, um, only had four targets last week, but caught all four for a touchdown <laughs> and three yards because Kirk Cousins has been very efficient. And although Irv Smith didn't really play until the Vikings went down last week, Tyler Conklin played way too much. I do think that there's some upside there against the Bears who have been putting up points. Yeah, I'd I'd look... I think I'd look elsewhere. Like Jason stated, Jack Conklin out-targeted and out-snapped this guy. Uh, Not out-targeted, but he out-snapped and out-routed him. Like, he ran more routes than Irv Smith did. That's absurd. He had he he had forty five snaps compared to Irv Smith's twenty eight. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chase that. But then why is all the production Irv Smith's? I think there's there could still yeah, be a sure, clear but, receiving tight end. But I'm not gonna play a tight end who coming back from injury and has been very has had a bad season overall fantasy wise. 
playing less than 30% of snaps. He played like 20, was it less than 40% of snaps? Excuse me. He played 38% of snaps last week, 35% of snaps last week. Like, why would I trust that guy? He has two games, three, three games as a top 12 tight end this year. I don't want to trust Irv Smith. I think there's worse things you could do at tight end personally, but I see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, we don't got to talk about Dalvin Cook. He's, I think, our consensus number two um, running back overall. So let's go to the other side. The Troop Train rolls on. Uh, Jason, you've been, you said the name Trubisky more than anyone said Trubisky since I said Trubisky over and over again last year. Um, what, what say you about this matchup for him? Trubisky ain't so risky anymore, fellas. Oh, hey, hey. Top seven quarterback, two of the last three weeks. Even against Detroit, he wasn't entirely awful. Um, he always has the chance of rushing in for a touchdown uh, because he uses his legs. Only three or four rushes the last few games, but you can't put can't put the idea past him that he's going to run for a bit more than that, even against Atlanta earlier in the year. One rush for 45 yards. The guy is an athlete. You got to give him that. And he's been throwing for touchdowns, and the offense has been rolling. Mitch Trubisky is pretty high up in true throw value now. He's been very efficient this season. His name is still ugly, and he's not the best quarterback on earth, but he's 10th in true throw value at the moment. He runs the ball, and the Minnesota defense, although they've been a little bit better recently, I'm not afraid because they're an offense that's probably going to put up points and force Mitch to throw a little bit. Uh, yeah, I I think that Mitch Trubisky has a good game in this one as well. Um, the Vikings right now are giving up the third most points to wide receivers overall. I think Allen Robinson is an absolute must start, and I think I may be giving up a full Mooney. How do you guys feel about it? The Mooney line had a very decent uh, score, line. Scored a touchdown. Two, one of his two catches were a touchdown. Yeah, but that's the problem. One of two catches. Right. Um. I'm not going to chase that, especially in a semifinals game. I don't know if you're starting Darnell Mooney. Shout out to you for making it this far, <laughs> starting Darnell Mooney. Uh, but yeah, I think the Mooney line reverts back to a lesser number this week. Um, I'd rather not trust Darnell Mooney. I'm going to roll with A-Rob, of course. He has shown unlimited potential over these last several weeks, but I don't want to trust Darnell Mooney. A-Rob is my number three overall wide receiver. Jason, how are you feeling about him? Money. Uh, let's money, go. Mitchell, money, Rob. The tight ends of the Bears are just blah. Like Jimmy Graham caught the touchdown, but Cole Komet's getting more work. Don't sleep on Cole Komet, man. Yeah. Cole Komet played so? more snaps than any other Bear last week. Huh. I mean, what is he on the true. field? What do you do with them? Uh, four for 41, which makes him seven uh, targets. Option. That's what it does. Two games in a row with seven targets now. He had a touchdown in one of those games. Am I saying start Cole Komet? No. But I'm saying if you have a thin waiver wire and you need to start someone, I have him at tight end 16. I think he's an option. Cole Komet or Irv Smith? Komet. If Rudolph is out, Smith. So Michael says Komet. Jason says I have Komet at tight end 13. Ooh, Michael, you are high on Komet this week. Bro, it's like it's the Logan Thomas effect. If you have a tight end who's going to start seeing targets and playing almost 100% of snaps, he automatically is tight end one consideration, period. Uh, let's go over to Demont. Uh, David Montgomery, two straight weeks of David Montgomery-ness. I think that comes to an end this week because the Vikings have been good against the run. Do you guys think that uh, that Demont can be successful? Um, even though he's never been 
successful without super plus matchups. I, for me, I'm not I'm not impressed by these last two games enough to say that his his history of not performing against not great matchups is going to end. So I think David Montgomery has his low end RB two regular performance before these last two blow up games. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, maybe we're just being uh, naive David Montgomery non-believers, and he's just actually turning into a great player, and this is going to continue throughout the rest of the season. But maybe he has also just had three tremendous matchups in a row and reverts back to David Montgomery that we all know. I I would guess that. <laughs> I'm not just going to assume that this dude who has scored four touch he scored four touchdowns over the last three games. He had two touchdowns through his first nine. Like, he gets the Minnesota Vikings, who have allowed only nine touchdowns to opposing running backs this year uh, through 13 games, so not even a touchdown per game to opposing running backs. Uh, 101 rushing yards per game, which is not a super significant amount. They've been pretty decent against the run in general. I'm just... I have David Montgomery as my running back 17 at the moment. Like, with the way he's been going, I still think he's a solid RB2 play, but, like... He's being ranked top 10, and there's no way you're getting that from us. <laughs> yeah, I do want to emphasize that he is a solid RB2 play. He has between 39 and 42 receiving yards each of the last three weeks. As long as he's catching three or four balls and putting that up as well, he's going to be RB2 even if he doesn't find the end zone. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this in this matchup? I'm good. Let's move forward to the next game, which is the Seattle Seahawks at the Washington football team. Um, Russell Wilson. Russell, what's going on with you, man? What's going on with you, man? What do you, what do you say, Jason? How do you feel about Russell Wilson against a very good defensive line? Guys, talk me off the ledge or keep me, keep me on it. I have Russell Wilson as my quarterback 13. The lowest I've had him all season. I don't I am, hate it. I am honestly thinking more and more about moving him even lower. Nah, don't do that. Dude, if you look at what he's done, he he threw for four touchdowns against the Jets. You can't deny that. But it's the Jets. And, like, fine. Before <laughs> that, he was outside of the quarterback top 10 since week 10 every single week. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards since week nine, the only time you see him putting up quarterback one numbers is when he's throwing for three to four touchdowns. Typically, Russell Wilson doesn't need to throw for three or four touchdowns to put up that many to be a quarterback one, but that's what it's come to recently. And the Washington football team defense is no joke. They're a good defense. They've been winning games on the backs of their defense. And especially if but Dwayne Haskins starts a quarterback for them. This game is going to be 28 to nothing real quick. And if Russell Wilson doesn't throw all four of those touchdowns, he's going to be outside the top 12 quarterbacks. You think the Seahawks are still that much better than Washington at that, that 28? No, I think a- Dwayne Haskins is that bad. Oh, okay. I think yeah, that Dwayne if Haskins. Alex Smith was the quarterback and was checking down and killing clock, this would be a close game. But if Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback, I expect it to be a blowout. I just I don't really trust Russell Wilson, man. Like if you have me on a stardom, I won't blame you. But if you want to pick up Jalen Hurts and give it a shot, if you want to give Baker Mayfield a shot, won't blame you either. I think that I'm gonna start Russell Wilson in this game. I'm not the most confident because his offensive line shady Russell Wilson ha- is the second most sacked quarterback in the league. 
A lot of people aren't talking about that. And Washington gets sacks. In fact, I like Washington's defense in this in this game. Um, I've been telling you guys about the Washington defense, and I I tried to tell you guys if Alex Smith becomes Alex Smith, Washington's gonna win this fucking division, and they they're in the process right now. But here's the thing about Washington. What what if they win? It has nothing to do with Alex Smith. I disagree. I disagree. Oh my god! Here we go. What is? Here we go. Yeah, Alex Smith is a good player. Let's get Alex back Smith to that, man. Guys, all right, look, we're not talking about this because it's fantasy. We need to move on. We're already an hour into the podcast, but they are literally winning with Alex Smith, and they literally were not winning without him. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um. Anyway, they're winning with their defense, but okay. They they had the same defense before. Anyway, their defense has been good all year, except against the number one receiver. They've been getting burned. In fact, they are dead last against the number one receiver, according to DVOA. So, that really adds up. Because as of right now, the only receiver that's been doing good for the Seahawks is the number one receiver, DK Metcalf. So, I think that Wilson to Metcalf has traction in this game. The math checks out. Tyler Lockett busted in a smash spot. I don't even know if you could play Tyler Lockett at this point. How are you guys feeling about these wide receivers? Yeah, man. Tyler Lockett has been just utter trash ever since week three, yo. Like, he had that ridiculous game against Arizona, 15 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. Outside of that, he's reached double-digit fantasy points once. One time, double-digit fantasy points. I have him as my wide receiver at 32 right now. It's a tough matchup against Washington, like you said. Uh, DK Metcalf is the clear alpha in that lineup. I think this is going to be a game where Seattle leads and they're likely just going to lean on their running game again. Once that happens, it's just, it's about damn time that people stop ranking Tyler Lockett as a top 15 option last week against the jets. I thought, you know, it's against the jets. He's going to have to do something. He went five for 52 and then they sat all their starters. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of Tyler Lockett at this point. I don't see how you could trust him. Like, Unless you are, like, I guess Tyler Lockett is a better play than some wide receivers. Like, if it's a three-wide receiver league, you're probably forced to start Tyler Lockett. But I'd look elsewhere if I could because this guy has been super, super untrustworthy for a long time now. Yeah, uh, let's go. Tyler Lockett, I want to say Tyler Lockett or. And these are guys that kind of have seen their value go up in the last couple weeks. Lockett or Nelson Aguilar this week? Aguilar. Jason? That's funny you ask. I have Aguilar and Lockett back-to-back in my rankings. Lockett, although I do like Aguilar, and I do have him higher than consensus as well. Chad Hansen or Tyler Lockett? Lockett, man. All right, come on. Yeah. DJ Chark or Tyler Lockett? Lockett. Lockett. You're going too low, man. Okay, so you're so that's why I, I did that on purpose, because you, like, you have to know the level of where you're dropping Lockett to. So you're dropping Lockett into a... Uh, you Pop, know, drop, and lock just it. like a Nelson Aguilar type of could he could be good, he could be bad type wide receiver three ish um, scenario. All right, yeah, yo, basically Tyler Lockett since week five has been the worst Nelson Aguilar. If we're being honest, like yeah, Nelson yeah. Aguilar has been up and down with more ups. Tyler Lockett has been up and down with uh, one single up. So yeah, I don't think it's crazy to trust Aguilar over Lockett at all. Um. Washington is struggling against the tight end on the year, but has been tightening up. And these these tight ends, you don't know who's getting the ball. I'm not trusting, you know, a Hollister or a Disley in this game. Let's move on Agreed. to the Washington side. Um, well, the running backs. 
Oh, the duh, the running backs. Well, here's my here's my note on Chris Carson. Chris Carson is a go every week. He's on the field. Period. Yeah, basically, uh, you said it. Start Chris Carson as a happily as your as a top fifteen uh, running back option this week. Facts. Um, let's go over to the other side. Dwayne Haskins uh, might start. Although signs are pointing to Alex Smith, it looks like he is going to start. These are two very different circumstances and styles. Um, Terry McLaurin, I think, has gone into that range of Tyler Lockett at this point because of not only has he busted the last two weeks, but he's absolutely destroyed teams the last two weeks. Two points and three points in the last two weeks. Um, Is he a playable asset at this point? Are you starting him over Nelson Aguilar, Chad Hansen, DJ Chark? This is why Michael didn't really like McLaurin to go back to the preseason. It's the quarterback play, and Dwayne Haskins is a dedu. If there's a definition for a dedu, it would say Dwayne Haskins' name. And Alex Smith quarterbacking doesn't help McLaurin either because he's a check down dedu. So there's just a lot of dedu around McLaurin right now, and he's getting pretty smelly. And it's tough to trust him as more more than a wide receiver three at this point. You're just banking on talent. You're banking on scary Terry making a scary good play because that's what he does. That's what he's done his entire career. If you look at his true target value throughout his career, it's basically always outside of the top 36. He should be nowhere near as good of a fantasy asset as he is, but he just makes plays. He's 46 in true target value this season. They're just players who are better, and he's good. So he's a wide receiver three for that reason, but it's scary to trust him as more than that. And let me tell you this. Since uh, starting week 10, the Seahawks have played against the Rams, the Cardinals, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Jets. So not the most difficult wide receiver stretch there. They did get the Rams, though. Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins. They haven't allowed a wide receiver touchdown since that, since then, since prior to that stretch. That's a five-game stretch without allowing a wide receiver touchdown. We're talking about a team that was legitimately the worst wide receiver defense of all time through the first half of this season. So their defense has also been turning it around uh very much so so yeah terry mclaurin it's been a oh man terrible terrible timing to just completely let down fantasy players but this was always like jason said this was always my concern with terry mclaurin it's just really bad timing that this is when he decides to really have some bad bad games with that being said i'm still okay with him as a more of a lower end wide receiver too but i do prefer him in the wide receiver three slot because We've seen his immense potential. Like he could take a slant 70 yards to the house, but we also see what happens when Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith just literally cannot find him. It hurts. It hurts. So Tim's uh, Tim's upset because he lost to Terry McLaurin in our home league. It hurts so bad. Now what that is a moment of silence. I only it was a moment by, of silence. I only lost by. You gotta announce a moment of silence so that people don't aren't just listening and mad confused. I mean, they're gonna be able to hear they my. See your bad face, Tim. They're going to be able to hear my deep breath on the microphone. Breathe them. Um, Lance Thomas, what say you? Goodness gracious, man. Logan, Logan. Thomas. Logan Thomas. Logan Stop Thomas. calling Logan. him Lance Thomas. Logan Thomas. Logan. Logan. <laughs> Guarantee Logan. you. Logan. All right. Please. Please. My please. slogan please. is for Logan. <laughs> start, La- start Logan Thomas, man. Period. He's my tight end eight this week. There is no reason not to start Logan Thomas at this point. Over the last uh, three weeks, he has seen 19 targets and has scored two touchdowns. 
Like he has a top 10 finish in three of his last five weeks, a top 15 finish four of his last five weeks. I'm starting Logan Thomas in this terrible tight end landscape. Like I said, the dude plays 95 plus percent of snaps every single week, runs a ton of routes. Start him. Boom. Okay. Boom. About a diggity. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about? Uh, well, we got to talk about the bar, the backfield. I'm bugging. Um, Jason, how are you feeling about this backfield without Antonio Gibson still? Not great. Not great at all. Um, if check down artist isn't the quarterback, then McKissick is the running back without someone who's going to check it down to him a million times. Last week, he only had two targets. I'm not interested in 11 four rushes. Uh, four targets. Sorry, two catches. I'm not interested in 11 rushes from J.D. McKissick. I'm just not. Um, and Peyton Barber got 12 touches. He could always find the end zone. I have them as running back 32 and 30, 33 and 34. Like, they're the deepest of flex plays because Pollard can um, rush in a touchdown at any point, but not Pollard. Um, fucking Barber, but you can't bank on that. Yeah, I have McKissick as my RB29 at the moment, but if Haskins is announced a starter, I am going to move him lower. Um, The next game that we're going to get to here is probably the first game of the year where I don't want anyone. Last game on this first episode is the Pats at the Dolphins. Red alert, rookie quarterback versus the Patriots. This, to me, cancels every single thing on the Dolphins out. Um... Maybe you play Cam Newton, but are you going to play someone with a with a with a floor of five at your quarterback spot? No, I'd rather play a Baker Mayfield or a Mitch Trubisky. Um, are you playing his wide receivers? No. Are you confident that his running backs can get a touchdown? No. I don't want anyone in this game. Call me crazy. Maybe Mike Isiki, but knowing knowing, uh, if he, he's probably not gonna play. yeah, right. He he might. Oh, right. He might not play. And on top of that, knowing Bill Belichick, he'll probably take Kasicki out if he does play. I yeah, I just can't see a scenario where I'm playing anyone in this game. You guys know how I feel about the Patriots. I I'm on team. Don't start any Patriots ever, no matter if you want to or not. Julian Edelman, and, by the way, is practicing today. Just so I, that needs that's news that needs to be heard. Just want to just, put the muddy, just muddies it up even further. Pour rub some mud all over. <laughs> um, James White outsnapped Damian Harris Damian Harris last week, and that's what happens when they're trailing. Which makes like Damien Harris a early down back, albeit a talented one, but an early down back on a bad team. That if they start trailing, he doesn't see the field anymore. The Miami Can Dolphins make- commit a turn, force a turnover literally every single game. What Jay? I just I want to make an argument for one player in this game. Is this Savon Ahmed? Not tired. Lynn Bowden. I'm tired of hearing you guys complain. Yeah, it's Lynn Bowden. Dude, if you look at the. Uh, Dolphins. They're going up against the Patriots, who their best cornerbacks, J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore, outside cornerbacks. They've been bottom half of the league against slot wide receivers. Jakeem Grant is hurt. Mike Kosicki's hurt. Devontae Parker's hurt. Even if they play, they're going to be hurt while playing. No Dolphins position player played more snaps than Lynn Bowden last week. Lynn Bowden had nine targets last week out of the slot. Young quarterbacks like throwing to their slot receivers, especially against a scary defense when you have to get the ball out quick. I think Bowden could see 12 targets in this game. I mean, I like I like Lynn Bowden as a flex play. I'm not going to lie. I do. I, I was just discussing how much I hate the Patriots side, so I do agree with you on Bowden. I also want to say if uh, Gaskin is out again and Salvana Med is out again, I think DeAndre Washington has some flex appeal again. I know he disappointed last week, but he got 15 touches, so... 
if he's in line for that again against New England, who we've seen get beat on the ground this year pretty often, in a game where they're probably going to be leading, which helps DeAndre Washington, um, which is crazy to say that the Dolphins actually... No, I take that back. I don't know if they're likely to be leading because Bill Belichick absolutely dominates yeah, rookie not. quarterback. They're definitely not. So forget that. Maybe I'll just forget I said that. Patriots Scratch are, that. Patriots are winning this game. <laughs> Patriots are but winning don't, this game. Definitely don't start Tua. Like I again, yo, I don't want to like I don't want to come off as a Tua hater, but everyone is super hyped about that game against KC. Over 300 passing yards, three touchdowns, QB four overall. Could we just not forget that through the first two and a half quarters of that game, before they were trailing by three touchdowns, he was atrocious? Like, congrats. He forced a little bit of a comeback after being down like three touchdowns. All right, all right Blake Bortles, nice to meet you. Like, let's see him actually have a good game from all start right, to finish. All right, relax there, buddy. Blake this Bortles. guy just said Blake Bortua. Yeah. I mean, Blake uh, Bortua. Blake Bortua. That's on you, bro. Um, yeah, so. I think that if what if Savon Ahmed what if Savon Ahmed plays, then I'm just gonna not touch DeAndre Washington. Then he likely becomes a semi decent flex play. But I mean, I just I don't want to trust that backfield if I don't need to. I just think if one of them is the clear lead guy, they at least garner some flex appeal because 15 plus touches against the Patriots isn't isn't nothing. Correct. And is the L silent? Is it not Salvon? Is it Savon? I think it's Savon. I know it's Ahmed. No, it's definitely Salvon. There's an I mean, L. You made it clear that it's Ahmed. You really it's pronounce H. Tim but likes to Tim likes to take L's out of pronunciations. I do very often. I do, but there is usually right. I think it's Savon Ah Ahmed. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Um, that's all. That's all, folks. That is all for us in this first episode. Don't forget. Let go. Folks. We are going to give you the second half of this coming up shortly but we got a special thing going today we're going to upload this this first so listen to this first and then we got the next one coming in about an hour and a half after that um so enjoy uh brotofantasy.com for all your broto fantasy needs and don't forget the live stream that we are doing on twitter at broto fantasy um this upcoming week and for championship week with that being said for michael and for jason i'm tim we out later later, later.